Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you, your family. Peace to your house. Amen. You may be seated, and we are glad all of you are here this morning. We've got a, a busy morning, and I'm just super excited. We had an incredible first service, but you weren't here for that. So we're, we're here now. Amen? Well, I don't know if you heard or not, but there's an election coming up. And, um, but maybe on Monday of next week, Jesus will come or something like that. But, <laughs> but anyway. Now, um, a week from today, I will be... Um, Still in our series on the power of prayer, I'm going to be sharing with you some perspective from Scripture and just encourage you with a few things so you'll want to be here for that. Also, I know first service we had uh, a, a couple folks that are running for office and local election. If you're here this morning and you are running for office, if you'll go ahead and stand, I just want to, I want to acknowledge you and I'm looking across. We've got one back here and over here. All right. Good deal. Um, right here. Let me start back here. This is, um, Billy Woods. He is running for, uh, sheriff. You got at least four fans there, Billy, but, uh, very important race. That's the highest constitutional office in our County. And uh, so Billy is in that race. Good to have you with us this morning, he and his wife. Um, I'm sure that if after service you wanted to just greet him or ask him a question, it is a pretty important race. Um, He'll be around for that. And then over here we have Charlie Stone and Michelle Stone. And um, yeah, welcome them this morning. Charlie, uh, actually they were running for office and they won both of their races at the primary. So get this, um, Michelle, county commissioner, and then Charlie is one of our state reps up in, representatives up in Tallahassee. And um, you know what? We've got a county commissioner and a state representative that serve every week. They're part of our dream team. So congratulations on your win. Glad you're part of us. All right. Quickly, before I get into uh, the word this morning, um, I shared with you four or five weeks ago now about vision, and I unveiled some vision that we believe that that God is calling us to do. I really wasn't looking for anything extra to do, and I really feel like the Lord is is prompting us, leading us to do uh, some new initiatives. And so uh, we have done everything, continue to do everything that we can think of to help you to be versed in the vision. It is very important, according to Scripture, that you're able to see it plainly what we're to do, and then go from there. Now, our definition of vision, it is a God-given goal that is attainable through the plan, through the power, and through the provision of God. And so I believe that as we endeavor to obey and follow that, the plan will become more and more full for us, God's power will be seen, and the provision will show up for us to be able to do what God has called us to do. Now, we... um, we have uh, online, we have many, many ways that you can uh, get well-versed and acquainted with uh, the vision. 
And you can go there and there's the video of the day I unveiled it. Also, the other vision video is about a five-minute one. The script of that is right here, and we've been giving these out. These are available to you. Also, there's a giant one of these on the wall right in the, in the big hallway as you go out there. And then the vision cards with the five initiatives uh, on the back of that or on the front of it, however you look at it. And uh, I want to go over those just real quick with you. First of all would be um, Kingdom Builders. And this is we're inviting people to, to just honor the Lord over and above their regular giving to help to fund vision initiatives. Second would be Next Steps. This is our assimilation and discipleship uh, foundations. Thirdly would be Dream Team Central. This is some workspace renovation that will serve the Dream Team. It also will serve our staff. And that's some renovation, reworking some space, which also then clears up some kids' hallways and classrooms, and then also our special needs ministry that we're wanting to launch in the beginning of the year, and looks like we'll be pretty good on track for that. And then the biggest one, biggest endeavor is the multi-site church, and that is that somewhere in Marion County, we will, and we're praying and beginning that search, we'll be launching another uh, campus of Meadowbrook. Everything there will be live, except the preaching. It'll be a video venue in that way, and we're scoping out where that might would be. Um, we feel like we're to do our very, very best uh, to, to present the, the ministry of Meadowbrook, make it available. We're starting to saturate out on this property as far as just, you know, getting on property, getting on and off property, filling up the building and so forth. And those are good, 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 good problems, okay? And we're managing those in a number of ways that will help us for years to come. But also, I don't know if you saw this week, but Forbes magazine listed Ocala in the top 10 cities across the nation poised for economic and business growth over the next few years. And there's a lot going on and coming our way. We believe that the church done right is the hope of the world. That's God's plan A. We are fully committed to doing church the right way. I just believe that there are hurting people, hurting families all over this community that, that need the ministry of Meadowbrook, and uh, we want to be available for them. 65% of the population of our county has no church affiliation, and so this wouldn't encroach on anybody else. This is just us doing a better job of getting out there. So the, these are some of the initiatives. Now, without vision, people perish, but without people, vision perishes. So what we're asking you to do is on Sunday, November 20th, it's three weeks from today, Sunday, November 20th, I'm going to ask you to just get before God, husbands and wives get together, but get before God and ask God what you're to do uh, to be a part of that offering. I would ask that that offering be an over and above offering. And by that, I mean this, that you don't take your regular giving and just, you know, divert it over to that. Because if we change our regular giving, then you're hurting something that we're already doing. And we try to be super efficient with that. So this would be over and above. And so I want you to just pray about that. In the book, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 35, uh, Moses, the Lord deals with Moses and said, I want you to build this tabernacle. Moses gathers together, and I'm not Moses, okay, but I'm just mirroring this as far as, as, far as uh, principles, okay? Uh, I will say this, though. My son, Lee, when he was about two or three, we were going into a, like a Dairy Queen, and this guy came out with a big white beard, and Lee said, Dad, it's Moses. <laughs> it wasn't really, but anyway. But the principle stands. The leader gathered the people together, and he says, this is what the Lord has commanded us to do. This is what we're called to do. And then he spoke to the people what that would involve. And then it says the people departed and they went and they spent time and then they came back because their hearts were stirred and they came back and gave. 
And when they gave, they kept giving, and they gave so much. You ready for this? They gave so much that those that were the leaders said, you've got to stop giving. You've given too much. And they had to be restrained from giving. Now, that would be really cool if that happened. <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome if that happened. I don't know if that will happen, uh, but I know this. That's the path for, for the generous provision to come. Here's what happened, and that is kind of a model uh, and a basis of how we give New Testament as we give as we purpose in our heart. We're not doing pledge cards. We're not doing, you know, high-pressure meetings, knocking on your door or anything else like that. What we're, what we're going to do, we're just going to do it the Bible way, okay? We're not going to put pressure on anybody. We're not going to tell anybody what they should give. Um, we, we want you to go and say, God, what, what should I do? What is my part on this? And I believe that he'll speak to your heart. And as you obey in that, thank you. I, as, as you obey in that, you're going to see God's provision. It's all his anyway. I said it's all his anyway. And one of the best ways, one of the easiest ways to hear God, you know, speak and prompt you is ask him, what do you want me to give? I dare you to do it. And then follow through on that and watch what will happen. Bottom line, it's all a matter of trust. Everybody say trust. It's a, it's a matter of trust. That trusting and knowing this, you can never outgive God. God is calling us to do this. And as he does that, he will provide everyone according to their means. And I think if all of us do it, it would be a beautiful thing. Mentioning trust, I saw this and uh, I got permission from this couple, Marty and Alicia Rouse, beautiful family in our church. And uh, they posted this on Instagram a couple weeks ago. And it says this, and there's Marty and there's two other kids. And it says, Marty teaches them every Sunday to tithe their allowance. He asks them, what are we giving Jesus? They respond, our trust. Church days affect the rest of our days. They're not giving money. You know what they're giving? Our trust. It's his money. So it's a matter of trusting God. And I just want to say to you, let's all pray, let's all seek the Lord, and watch what God will do. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, uh, I need to take one other moment before we uh, get into the Word, too, and I want to talk to you about Pastor Lee. Pastor Lee is my son. Don't worry. He's fine. He is off today. He's not going anywhere. And no, he and, Lee, he and Katie are not pregnant. It's not, none of those things. I have to handle that because everybody, you know, it's this, it's this, it's this. No, just... Listen for a moment. Lee is a, uh, he's the oldest of my five children. I just could not be more, more proud of him and thankful for him, for real. Yeah. Um, Lee is a very, very creative person and always has been. And he, of course, grew up in this church and then went away to college, communications degree, and then came back and uh, has paid his dues, worked, worked his way through the ranks, and he was one of our ministers. Now he's ordained as one of our pastors, and he's over several different areas of the church. Almost a year ago, I fell off the roof, and um, I tell the staff when we're talking about this, I said, when I fell, and I always had them ask, have them add this, off the roof, okay? So uh, when I fell off the roof... Um, I'm laying there, and I'm not trying to be dramatic with this, but I'm laying on a concrete slab, and I've fallen off the roof. I'm in pain, and I broke my back, and I crushed my arm, and I didn't know what all was going on, but I'm feeling pain and sensation that I, I, didn't, know was, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, honestly. And my family's gathering around me. Alicia had texted Lee and said, get over here right away, 911. It's Dad. He didn't know what he was coming into. I can hear the, the siren of the ambulance coming into my neighborhood, and I'm laying there. And then Lee says, Dad, I'm here. 
And I said, Lee, you're on. Because I didn't know. I didn't know what the next five minutes held. I didn't know. And I said, you're on. And he stepped into my role. And I can't thank him enough because if that had not happened, I wouldn't have been able. I, I just really feel it helped me to heal. To, to not have to worry. To know that, that somebody had grown up here and has the heart message of the house could, could minister that while I was out. So I'm thankful for that. Well, churches, there's a lot of churches that are being very successful nowadays, and they're thinking of a succession plan. And we've been thinking about that. And what does that look like, you know, and when time comes and, and I'm no longer the full-time, you know, senior pastor. And I just want to tell you, I got plenty of miles left in me yet, okay? So there's no rush on that. And, and with that being said, I'm going to back away from the edge here. Two, um, it, it sort of became assumed then that Lee would step into that role. And I had people talk to me every week about, you know, that's an awesome thing. And Lee stepped into that role and was doing a tremendous job at, at those things and, and yet was struggling. And he didn't want to say anything because he didn't want to disappoint. And then he, he came to me, started to reach out, and he said, Dad, I'm struggling. And some of you may have been in two different times in services while he's up here, he almost passed out. And part of his struggle really turned into he started having some major anxiety. So we began to pray. We began to talk and find out what that is and get, you know, and, and, you know, talk with some folks and pray and just work through it. And ultimately Lee said, dad, I'm just, I'm not the guy for that. That's not me. That's not my gifting. That's not what I want to do the rest of my life. And so it's kind of like this. I call it fighting the tiger. You know, it's like there's suddenly a tiger and it needs fought and Lee just stepped in and fought it, you know, and he whipped it and he did a, he did a great job with that. But it'd be kind of like this. Hang, hang on. It would kind of be like this if a car fell on a child and a mom went over and picked up the car. But now you don't just assume that mom's going to tour the country lifting cars, you know. <laughs> you do what you do, what you have to do in that instance. And, that, and that's what Lee did. And here's the thing that he did wrong. He did such an incredible job. And so um, his areas that he's over, he's a, he's a great leader, and he has a number of teams that he is over, service production, worship, technology, media, graphics, all of those are under his care. And he said he was finding that when he was having to so focus on ministering from the pulpit, he just didn't have the capacity to do that as well. But what he's passionate about, what his gift set, his skill set, his personality lend toward are those creative avenues. That's where he finds his fulfillment. So I just wanted to tell you today, we've released him from any succession plan. This is Jesus' church. This is not my church. This is Jesus' church. He's got a wonderful succession plan. It's not for a while, and I'm backing away again. But, um, and, and we know that it'll be a beautiful thing. And I'm so thankful because some great things happen along the way. Um, some communication with Lee and Katie, some communication with Alicia and I, some communication with, with my son, but also communication, you ready for this? With my brother. My, my son being my brother. You see what I'm saying? Because I believe that you're to raise up your sons and daughters to one day be your brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
And so Lee is a brother and a strong brother and a powerful part of our team. We could not do what we do without what he brings to it. But I wanted to because every week people are asking when, when's Lee doing this and that kind of thing. And Lee is busy doing all kinds of stuff. I gave him today off. I said, just, just go you know, while we talk about this as well. But I thank you for, for accepting him and for cheering him on in the role that he did. But I felt it important to come back and share those things with you today. Amen. Thank you. All right, shall we get into the word today? We are talking about the power of prayer, and today I want to share with you a few moments about confidence in prayer, confidence in prayer. It seems like children are pretty confident because they're so unpretentious, you know, and they can, uh, and again, back to Lee, and this is not National Lee Day, this just kind of happens in my conversation. Um, One time early, early in the church, just a few months after we'd started the church, a gentleman came up to me after service and he gave me two little folded up pieces of paper, which I recognized to be money. And at lunch then I unfolded them and found out that each of them were a hundred dollar bill. I had two $100 bills. Now that's, come on, that's all right. And so I'm thrilled and I'm blessed. And especially, you know, we're just, uh, you know, getting the church started and all of that. And then after we finished eating and we're just talking a little bit, Lee said, hey, Dad. I said, yeah, buddy. He said, you know those two $100 bills you have? And I said, yeah. He said, could I have one? (laughs) So sometimes children are just pretty confident to ask. I said, no. (laughs) Here's, Here's some children's prayers I think you'll appreciate this morning. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I prayed for was a puppy. Dear God, I love Christmas and Easter, but could you please put another holiday in the middle? There's nothing good in there right now. (laughs) Dear God, please send me a pony. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. Dear God, I wish you would not make it so easy for people to come apart. I had to have three stitches and a shot. And this one's especially timely right here. Dear God, please take care of my daddy. Mommy, sister, brother, my doggy, and me. Oh, please take care of yourself, God. If anything happens to you, we're going to be in a big mess. <laughs> Ain't it so? Confidence in prayer. Let me remind you of this principle. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. What an incredible pattern for living our life to go from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. And we watch Jesus. If you read that, look at that in the right perspective, those were his landing places. And then in between that, incredible things were going on, feeding multitudes, walking on water, opening blind eyes, raising the dead. All kinds of things were happening in those in-between places. And sometimes we dismiss ourselves from prayer because we go, you know, I'm not really going to have those kind of miracles in my life. Maybe we should reframe what a miracle is. Maybe we should redefine that for our lives of what a miracle is so that you and I can go from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. And let me just suggest to you that maybe those miracles in between would be this, God helping you in ways that you can't explain. How many of you have had God help you in some ways that you can't explain that? 
you know, you were tight financially. There was that issue in your relationship that was, you know, couldn't find the job, couldn't find the door, couldn't whatever it would be, and God has come through for you. Could I ask you one more time, has God helped you out in some ways that you really can't explain? So I think the pattern for our life needs to be that we go from place of prayer to place of prayer. And that encourages us to be proactive in prayer, proactive in prayer rather than just reactive in prayer. Thank God we can react in prayer, but our our future, and get this, our future is paved. Where is that? Our future is paved in prayer. And so we've got to be proactive and get out ahead of ourselves there so that we're praying we're praying and, and proactive in that way so that life ahead of us is being, being paved. Well, Jesus, outside of Lazarus' tomb, uh, models for us some confidence in prayer. Look with me, if you will, in John chapter 11. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man, Lazarus, was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, watch this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Go ahead. And I know that you always hear me. Now, would that we had that kind of confidence in prayer, knowing that you always hear me. And I believe that we need to get to that place, and we can get to the place where we know that when we pray, we know that when we pray, God does hear us. Can I get an amen today? Well, some of the problems with prayer, first of all, would be prayerlessness. Biggest problem, I say it this way, the biggest problem with praying is we don't. And then you have vagueness in prayer. We pray too general. And then a lot of times we pray too small. You know, it's the, the range of our prayer life is bless my sandwich. You know, and we've, got, we've got to do a little bit better than that. But another big problem in praying is this. It's a lack of confidence. And when you lack confidence in something, you, you tend to avoid it. You know, and so we want to have confidence in prayer. And again, your future is paved in prayer. And if, that, if that's the reality, then we must overcome these issues of prayerlessness and being too vague, too small, too general, or this lack of confidence. Well, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we read, Let us then with confidence, everybody say with confidence. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God. This is talking about prayer here that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So first of all, we, you, 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 everyone in here, you can come with confidence before God and pray. Point to your neighbor and tell them you. Every one of us, listen, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you can come before God in prayer. You can come, get this, with confidence Because of what Jesus has done, the new and living way, we've talked about this, the approach of prayer, new and living way that we can come to him, but also because of what he has done, we are his children. And so we have access to come with confidence like we've talked about how children have. But where I want to kind of drill down today, we find in 1 John chapter 5. And it says, and this is the confidence, everybody say confidence. This is the confidence that we have toward him. And this is again about prayer, that if we ask anything according to his what? Anything according to his will, he hears us. That's where our confidence comes from. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. 
So one of the ways that we have confidence, perhaps the main way that we have confidence in prayer, is that we ask according to his will. We ask him things that we know he is for. You know, children know how to do that. You know, and if they come to you, if they come to mom and mom says no, well, let me go see if dad's for this, okay? But see, this is what gives us confidence in prayer is that we're asking something that we know God wants to happen. We, it's something that we know that God is for. Now, we're to ask according to his will. Look at, look at this and get this reality. His word is his will. He has written down his will. His word is... God and his word are one. And God and his will are revealed in his written word. Are you with me on that? And so to believe God is to believe his word. And to take him at his word is to understand his will. You have no faith. You can't have faith apart from his word. You would only have presumption at that point. And so it's, it's almost like this, and certainly not to demean the word of God at all, at all, at all, but it's almost like his will, his word, that's like the catalog. How many of you remember the Sears wish book? Come on. That was just awesome. And what would happen? You'd thumb through there, and you would look at things, and you'd say, well, if they have that, that's how you decided what you wanted to ask for. Are you hearing me? It's in the catalog. Oh, look, really? Got you know, and you'd see those things and you knew what to ask for. It stirred up what you wanted to ask for by seeing it in the catalog. So in a way, God's word is like that catalog. In another way, God's word is like the menu. And so if you go into a place, pretty much you need to order what's from the, from the menu. Are y'all hearing me? And you've got to know where to go and what is offered there. You know, if you need new trucks, the new tires on your truck, you don't go to the donut shop. <laughs> Seriously. Why? Well, we don't, we don't do those. So you can't with any confidence go into the donut shop and ask for tires. So you can't with any confidence go before God. And it might be something that is his will that he, he is all about, but you don't know that. And if you don't know that, then you don't have faith and confidence towards that. That's why too many people, hear me, too many people pray what they pray and they go, if it's your will. And we really don't find that modeled in scripture in that way, if it's your will. You need to know what his will is. His word is his will. And then when you ask God anything according to his will, then you know that he hears you. That's where confidence in prayer comes from. If you're with me so far, say amen on that. Realize this also, for every problem, this is a massive principle here, for every problem, there is a promise. For every problem, either specifically or or by principle, you're going to find that for every problem, then in God's word, there is a promise. By one count, there are 8,810 promises in God's word. This is your daily bread, and I want you to know that the promises of God are baked in to your daily bread. And you're going to find in God's word what his will is. And as you find his will, then you can ask him according to his will. You can have confidence to ask that. Amen. 
So what we need to do is know God's word, search God's word, be familiar with God's word, and then ask the Holy Spirit to help us. He knows the will of the Father as well. So again, the biggest problem with praying is we don't. We don't pray. And I would dare say that the number one reason why we don't is we lack the confidence. We feel like, well, he wouldn't listen to me or he's not going to answer my prayer. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to conquer that. First of all, as child of God, because what Jesus has done, you should have confidence to come before God in prayer. And then secondly, if when you approach him, come with the catalog in hand. You know, come and, and, and or have it in your heart. Have it where you know, God, you said this. You, you said I could have this, that I could ask for this. Now, we're not, we're not talking about asking for frivolous things. We're talking about real life. There are enough issues in real life to pray about rather than somebody praying, well, I want to be a bazillionaire or whatever. Forget it, okay? Forget it. God knows who he can trust. So it would be very, very important that we find out, get versed in God's word and find out what his promises are so that you can come before him with some confidence. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 12, the prophet writes, and again, this is about prayer, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will what? I will listen to you. This word, if I can say this, is a covenant Word, it's a response word, it's a reciprocal word. And so when you do your part, when you call upon God, go and pray to God, He said, I will listen. And the meaning of this word listen is not just I hear you, it means I will listen and I will respond. I will hear you and I will answer. I will move as a result of, of this. And so this has to do with covenant. Everybody say covenant. And He's saying, If you pray, I will hear you. A covenant, and that's that's kind of an isolated word anymore in our culture, and it's a very uh, old and established word. A covenant is an agreement. It's a contract. It's the strongest agreement that can be made. And historically, what would happen with a covenant, it might be between two tribe leaders, and this is kind of some of the history of it. And they would enter into covenant, which means I will do you no harm, and I will help you when I can. And so the other one would say, I will do you no harm, and I will help you when I can. And what they would do then is they would, the the Hebrew Old Testament word for covenant means to cut. And they would literally cut themselves, cutting covenant together, and then would join hands together, their blood would mingle, and then they would take something similar to gunpowder, rub into this so that it would mark it or tattoo it almost, and they they would have the mark of covenant. These are the origins of when we wave to each other. Okay, when you wave to each other, like coming and going from your neighborhood and you wave to somebody, do you know what you're doing? The history of that is you're showing your covenant mark, which means I will do you no harm and I will help you if I can. And they wave back. There's a lady that walks in my neighborhood every morning and as I'm leaving and she won't wave. (laughs) And I'm trying to tell her, I'll do you no harm and help you if I can. But when we wave to one another or when you shake hands, what we're doing is we're showing the origins of that or you're showing covenant. And then I will do you no harm and I will help you if I can. And what God is saying, I have a covenant with you that if you will call on me, you do your part and you call on me, I will answer you. 
And so we have this prayer covenant. Listen, you need to know that prayer works. Everybody say prayer works. And if you know that prayer works, then you'll pray. If, if, if you know that prayer works and you know that you can enter into it and you know that I ask according to his will, he'll hear me. You mean he'll hear me? He'll hear you. And you ask according to his will. It's a covenant that God has set up. Look how God works. It's this reciprocal action all over the place. He said this, if you seek, you will call and I will ask and you will knock and it will be draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Confess and I will forgive you. Give and it will be so and you will also And it's just all over the word, all over the word. And so why does God answer our prayer? Does he answer our prayer because we feel something? You know, some people are waiting for some kind of goosebumps. Then I would say you're just waiting for winter. (laughs) It's not a feeling. It's not goosebumps. Also, it's not based on the fact that you were good all week. I love y'all, but I know none of you were good all week. Come on, everybody had a day, didn't you? And I'm not giving you a license, but I just know us. You know, so answered prayer and confidence of prayer, it's not based on we got it all right. It's not based on a feeling. It's based simply on this. He said, come to me. And when you come to me, I want you to come. And when you come, if you ask anything that I'm for, and I wrote it down for you, he said, then I'll answer it. So come with confidence. with confidence. So what do we do? Well, you better find out what he's for. You better get into his word. You know, get into a promise book. Get an app for your phone. version has some reading plans loaded with the promises of God. Uh, do it old school. Look in the back of a, of a good Bible, cross-reference Bible that has a concordance in there. Guess what else you can do? You ready for this? You can Google The promises of God. I'm serious. You can go into your search engine and say, I need a Bible promise for depression. Bible promise for overcoming anger. Whatever it would be, I'm telling you what, within seconds, it will bring up the promises of God. You need to know what God's promises are. We also have just a little promise card. These are available to you. It's kind of a, a, a variety of different promises on different things. These are available at guest services, free. They'll be up here after service as well. We're going to have some of our prayer team up here just so you get them. You know, because if you don't know, this is what you'll do. You'll go, well, I'm having a hard time sleeping at night, and I don't know if God will help me with that or not. Could I ask anybody, will God help you with that? Do you have that in writing? Yeah, absolutely you do. You see, you can lie down unafraid, and I'll give you sweet sleep. I bless my beloved with sweet sleep, sweet dreams. It's in God's word. What about depression? Will, I, don't, I don't know. Will God help us with depression? Will he help us with relationships? Will he help us with our finances? What if we messed him up? Will he still help us? I mean, he's a merciful God. He's with us in trouble. You need to know these things. Have them in your heart, in your mind, in your hand if you have to, and come before God and say, God, you said in your word, you said in your word that if I would ask you this, you said that this and this and this and this. And take it before God. And I'm telling you, for every problem, there is a promise. If we ask anything, ask anything according to his will. Ask anything according to the catalog. And listen, you're not going to get this that we get all the time from catalogs and online. Out of stock. You're never going to get that from God. Okay? 
And if you ask according to the menu, and you're never going to get this, we're out of that. Or that's out of season. No, it's on the menu. It's in the catalog. It's in God's eternal word. Listen, don't make this too hard. Listen to me, people. Don't make this too hard. And go before God because he said, come and come with confidence. Make yourself at home. Come on in. And when you come, then ask according to his will. And he's going to hear you. He's going to answer you. I shared with you in the first series of this, uh, uh, first message of this series about George Mueller. He cared for over 10,000 orphans in his life. He never asked for any help from anybody. He was a man of prayer. God did many, many wonderful miracles. What's that? It's that God helped him in ways that you can't even explain. And here's his quote again. I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, and when I rise up. And the answers are always coming. The answers are always coming. Let me encourage you also to realize this, that faith says thank you. Make sure that there's gratitude laced and loaded in your prayers. Faith says thank you. Because I think gratitude states that there's confidence here. If you're at a restaurant and the waitress comes and said, let me refill your tea, I'll be right back. What should you say? Thank you. Not like, well, fat chance. I wonder if this will happen. No, if you have confidence that they will return and do that, faith ahead of time says thank you. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.